People can be great at sports, but does that make them great people? Today, we're going to be talking all about this and more on The Sport and Everything, hosted by me, Noah Louie. And as you know, on this podcast, we like to look at things through an athletic point of view, which means I'm very excited to kick off this podcast series with an episode about why I believe Steve Nash is the greatest Canadian from an athletic point of view. Now, if you don't believe me, well, I have some evidence here that will hopefully change your mind. So, with that, welcome to episode one. As a child, Nash excelled in all sorts of sports. His family played a wide variety such as hockey, tennis, soccer, basketball, and rugby, and both his siblings would go on to become very well-known athletes. He went from his elementary school to doing very well in high school sports as well. Now I know it would be pretty hard to convince you unless I had some pretty solid evidence, so I asked Martin Nash, who was a Canadian soccer player, coach, and former Whitecaps member, if he'd help me out. Now, if you couldn't connect the dots, Martin Nash is Steve Nash's younger brother and has an incredible insight into what Steve was like growing up and also what he was like on and off the court. Martin was so generous as to help me with this episode, so now I present to you an inside look on what Steve Nash's life was like. Uh, how how active was your family in sports? Like, how did it kind of go? Uh, just uh, yeah, I mean, from very young age, our, our dad was a semi-professional soccer player. So from a very young age, we, we were just interested in sport we're always playing soccer um but when we got to about five or six our parents being new to kind of give us chances to play in a variety of different sports we played soccer hockey baseball um golf tennis we we kind of tried everything and we were always um we just that, that those types of kids that were just active we just had so much energy and we're just always out playing we didn't uh, stay in the house much so um we were very involved in sports well i see and were there any sports besides soccer that you were particularly interested in I think the other one at the time, uh, probably most, was hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we both developed um, into kind of serious baseball players for a time, uh, mm-hmm. up until about 12, maybe between, like, well, maybe between 10 and 14. We were, uh, we were very into baseball as well. So it was kind of seasonal, right? Whatever the sport of the season was, we, were, we, we just jumped right in and were playing it in our spare time and just got, got right into it. Do you think overall that he was able to impact you or vice versa? Yeah, I think so. We, we, we were, we're two years apart almost in age, but we're one year apart in school. Um, so we, I was played when I was young, I always played on his teams. We had one car, so I always played up a year. So we were always competing um, at practice and we went home. It didn't stop. We'd be out, you know, whatever sport it was of the season, we'd be out playing one-on-one or practicing hitting or shooting or whatever it was so we were always competing against each other and we always pushed each other and strived in a good way you know it, obviously the odd time would end up in a little bit of a scrap but uh no, i think we definitely pushed each other and um it was always good to be able to lean on someone else and someone heading in the same same direction um you were you know yeah i totally agree after a successful high school career nash moved on to university in 1992, Nash earned a scholarship to Santa Clara University, even though he had been turned down by about 30 before that. He immediately had a huge presence on the court, and we could see the impact that he made within his very first year, as he helped them make it to the NCAA tournament and even beat the 5th place Arizona Wildcats. This would not be his only win, however. 
In the four years he was there, he helped the Broncos make it to the NCAA tournament three out of the four times. In the end, he graduated the degree in sociology in 1996. That very same year, he would be going pro, as he was going to go play for the Phoenix Suns. However, he wasn't as welcome as he thought he would be. The fans didn't really know him well, so their reaction was rather negative in the beginning. Along with that, his position had already been taken by players like Sam Castle, Kevin Johnson, and Jason Kidd, who were more established and known better. He would end up only playing 10 minutes per game in the end. Imagine that, being 22 and going to your first year of professional basketball, only to realize that your position had been taken. Would that be devastating? It would be for me at least, but not for Nash. In this season, he would only start about two games, but despite that, he continued to grow. And by his second season, he was even 13th in the league for three-point averages. Quite an accomplishment for a player who was only able to play 10 minutes per game. Yeah, I think his biggest thing kind of through his career, once he kind of got a grip of any sport, um, and basketball obviously was the best of that, he, he got obsessed. Mm. Um, he was absolutely obsessed with sports. So when he was young in soccer, he was so obsessed with getting his left foot better. If you watch him play soccer to now, you would think he's left-footed to this day because he, he worked so hard his left foot. Mm. He had that same obsession when he got in his head, like, I'm, I want to make it in basketball. He was so obsessed with every little thing that he could do to make himself better. So I remember in grade nine or 10 when he started getting serious in basketball he, we, it was a 15 20 minute walk to school he dribbled a basketball to and from school you know any little edge he could get um he made a, he, he said a quote once um to i can't remember what it was but he in the end when he was in the nba and he said if everyone worked as hard as i did i wouldn't have a job mm-hmm. like he wasn't the most talented but he worked harder than everyone else and that's why he got to the level he did he would only further develop when in 1998 he was traded to the dallas mavericks this is where he found his real positive environment. In his first year, he would start 40 out of the 40 games, unlike when the Suns where he only started two, which is kind of an incredible difference. His game started to get so much better and his point average increased eight points per game with three rebounds and five assists. And he even was able to help his team make it to the finals for the first time since 1980. Even from here, it was pretty obvious that not only did he improve tremendously, but he was also making quite a big impact on the Mavericks. He was the type of player who was able to change games with just his skill, as shown in the examples, and he was the type of player who could develop his skill quite quickly and build off a positive environment around him, which is crucial in order to be a successful athlete. After having such a good run with Dallas, he signed back to the Suns, which felt like redemption as he was getting a second opportunity to prove himself. Before he had joined, the Suns had actually suffered quite a bad loss in the season last year, with only 29 wins and 53 losses, and they were prepared to have a similar season again. Their head coach, Mike D'Antoni, had a faster game style, and he liked it when his team could outrun and outshoot the other team. This was exactly Steve Nash's style. When he joined the Suns, he was able to claim 62 wins and 20 losses in that season. This had been an NBA all-time record and hadn't been done in a decade. They were also able to score 110 points for an average game, which was also something that had not been accomplished. At the turning point of the season, of course, was Steve Nash, who had an average of 14.5 points per game, with an additional 50% from the field and 43% on his three-pointers. We can obviously now see how much of an impact this one player had to a team literally taking them from a terrible season into achieving an all-time high. So, 
Is there any other Canadian player who could ever do something like this? Take a season and make it something that maybe it wouldn't have without him. After feeling a little redemption, after going back to the Suns, making such a huge impact, in 2012, he went to the Los Angeles Lakers, as it was the best fit for his family. However, Steve Nash had some concerns with his back as well. He also chose to change his number, as 13 was already retired in honor of Wilt Chamberlain, so he changed his number to 10. In the 2012-2013 season, he also suffered a fracture to his leg, which was quite major. And with concerns to his back and an additional injury to his leg, his points per game average dropped to 12.5 and things weren't looking so good for Steve Nash. However, he was still able to achieve an NBA history record because he was the fifth person to ever reach 10,000 assists in a career, which was an incredible achievement. On March 25th, 2015, it had finally come to the time when Nash had to announce his retirement in concern for his back and his health. Just because he was retired, it didn't mean that Steve Nash wasn't going to get back to the game. On September 25th, 2015, it was confirmed that he would do part-time consulting for the Golden State Warriors. With Nash helping to guide them, they achieved a record-breaking 73-win, 9-loss season. And in the next year with the Warriors, they would end up winning the 2017 NBA title against the Cleveland Cavaliers. This would also be Steve Nash's first NBA championship with any team. In addition, he was also inducted into the Hall of Fame, along with some of his other former teammates. In 2020, it was announced that he would also be head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and so he continues to nurture the next generation of athletes. Does your brother or your success really affect your coaching in a way? Um, yeah, I, I think the way we, we, we approach sport, um, we weren't always the most athletic. Um, so we really had to find every little way we could to take advantage of everything in sports. So I think we both read the game very well. Um, and reading the game very well, we, we see little things that maybe some people that were more athletic or got away with athleticism didn't. So I think that definitely helped our coaching. And um, to this day, we you know we've had a lot of conversations lately um, about coaching, especially with Steven stepping uh, into that side more, um, just in how to approach things and um, the camaraderie with the team. We're we're both good locker room guys, and I think that's a big part of, of teams is having a good uh, good locker room. Everyone getting along, everyone working in the same direction. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. It's growing now how we can affect each other as as um, in in our coaching roles. But I think um, as uh, as players, we were almost kind of like coaches on the floor, both of us, in the way we approached the game and and um, the interest we took in the intricacies of the game as we when we were playing. We've talked a lot about Steve Nash's career, but there's some also incredible achievements that we have to mention as well. So far, he's the only Canadian to ever receive the MVP award back to back. He is also the third person ever to join the 50-40-90 club, which has only ever been accomplished by three other players. This means he finished a season with 50% from the field, 40% from deep, and 90% from the line. He has been an eight-time NBA All-Star, and has even been inducted into the Order of Canada, which is the highest honor a Canadian can receive. Was he able to change the game at all because of his uh, obsession? I think so. I think as of how well he did, um, and I think the way he carried himself as as a as a as a person, um, I think he kind of exemplifies Canadian core values um, and the way he carries himself, which is um, something else, which is uh, very important. But um, I think with 
how far he went and how he carried himself, he really even more so endeared himself to Canadian people. And um, I, I think he really opened people's eyes to to the NBA being an option for Canadian kids. And now you see a steady stream. It's not just because of him. I mean, the Raptors have a big part of that too. But you see a steady stream of kids now. Uh, I think Canada is the second most NBA players of any country in the world though. And so to recap. In order to convince you that Steve Nash is the greatest Canadian from an athletic point of view, I have presented you with evidence from his entire career. He was able to change teams just by joining them, and even giving advice was able to improve a team or make their chances at winning a whole bunch better. He was an inspiration to all Canadians, and a great example to go by. Not only that, but he also had some achievements that no other Canadian was able to match, and he continues to give back not only through basketball, but also through charities. He provides multiple opportunities for people of all ages in Canada to continue playing basketball or even get engaged in sports. So to conclude, based on the evidence I've showed you now, we all can understand that Steve Nash was not only an incredible athlete, but he was also an incredible guy as well. And that's why I believe he deserves the title of greatest Canadian from an athletic point of view. He set a really good example for Canadians. Do you agree that maybe he's someone now that Canadians can look up to, in a way? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, as I said, the Canadian core values, he, um, he, he's, you know, he's not one that you don't see any scandals around him or anything else. He holds himself uh, really well. Um, and for, for how hard he's worked, it doesn't matter if you're into sport or anything else. If you work as hard as he does to get to where he did, I think he's a good example of um, if you're willing to work for it, you, you can strive to be anything you want. He has reached limits in which no other Canadian athlete has ever matched. He's created opportunities for our next generation of Canadian basketball players, and he's become a source of inspiration for Canadians alike. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of The Sport and Everything. Tune in next time for an episode on World War II, which will be fun because you can watch me struggle to try and put World War II into an athletic point of view. Of course, we hope you enjoyed what you heard or even learned something. And if you ever consider subscribing, it's just one click and you can always change your mind. I'm Noah Louie and that's all for now.